welcome to the Zwift SBS podcast. Zwift is the fitness app that turns indoor riding into a game. Explore endless roads, race riders from all over the world, and boost your fitness with monthly training plans and structured workouts. Join the world's training playground where fun is fast. Go to Zwift.com and start your free trial. Bonjour, bonjour, bonjour. Welcome to the Zwift Cycling Central podcast. What a special day today. What a special show we have. Before we start, uh, let me remind you that you can uh, download, stream or subscribe to our podcast on our website, sbs.com.au slash cycling central or log a ride with our friends at Zwift. Joining me, Dave McKenzie. What a day. What a show we have today. It's, I'm speechless. Uh, for the first time first, in my first life, life. for the first time much. in 20 days, <laughs> I'm speechless. It was we have we have seen we have just witnessed one of the great stages yeah. in the history of the Tour de France. I yelled at Twitter yesterday saying we are watching history, people. Yeah. We are watching history. We were watching history. We lo- we love a cliche. Yeah. We just love it. It was brilliant. <laughs> it was out of the box. Absolutely. It, we expected it to be good. And it gave yeah. us more and it gave us everything we wanted. I think some might say that uh, in a previous episode of this podcast, I actually described the scenario I, to you and you went, you're mad. Well, you, are, well, you are mad. We know that. <laughs> it doesn't mean you're But you're, I wrote that scenario. I don't know. I want to <laughs> you said you had it on tape. Yeah. Bring the tapes back. Uh, is, that a, is that a challenge? <laughs> it, it was. Yeah. It was incredible, wasn't it? Anyway, yeah. before we start, I just had to make a list because I would like to thank all the guests that mm. we had in this series of the, the Tour de France. And it's actually huge. Rupert Guinness, Max Gohn, Osher Gunsberg, Stuart O'Grady, Matt Goss, Lauren Kitchen, Richie Port, Caleb Ewan, Amanda Spratt, Matthew Kinnan, Bridie O'Donnell, Rachel Nyland, Brody Chapman, Scott Sunderland, Baden Cook, Wes Salzberger, John Trevorrow, Matilda Reynolds. A massive thank you. That's 18 guests that we had in this Ooh, What a crew. And Maxi Gorn, I think he got some strength from us because his football team have made the finals in yeah, the I AFL. Know. So well done, Maxi. Go well. And you know what? We kept the best for last. We did. We do. We have Mike Tomolaris Tomo with us. Joining us on this podcast, your wish has finally arrived. You are in the Swift Cycling Central <laughs> podcast. How are well, you? I can, say, I can change my bio uh, Twitter handle now and say uh, I haven't hosted the World Game or the Fee, but I have been on the Swift uh, Cycling Central podcast. Tick for Tomo. Uh, yeah, and what an illustrious group of people that you joined, Tomo. Amazing. With Osher Gunsberg, I mean, he's got to sit just about at the top, I think, the host of The Bachelor. Well, let me knock him off the top, all right? <laughs> uh, I said in the title here, 25 and counting. Uh, this year was always going to be very special for you, Tomo. Oh, yes, 25. Uh, it's been quite an extraordinary uh, career for me. I never thought I would make uh, two, let alone 25. When I went over for the first time in 1996, uh, it was a dream. I, uh, I made sure that I uh, enjoyed every single day. I didn't really understand the sport Um as well as I do now, obviously, because we didn't have the resources. We didn't have the backing from the network, SBS. Um, I, I remember I, I couldn't see a stage back then. I didn't have a monitor to watch the stages. I had to rely on uh, my English-speaking colleagues from other nations to uh, to look at the races. Uh, BBC, Simon Brotherton, for example, whom I've become really good friends with, the uh, commentator from BBC. So things have changed. Um, it's been a, a real um, evolution uh, to the point uh, where we are today. We show every stage, every push of every pedal, and I'm very proud 
at the um, evolution of this tour on SBS over the last, not just for me, 25 years, but 30 years. Yeah, SBS has shown this uh, great race since 1991. So uh, it's, it's quite a landmark. It, it certainly is. Now, uh, Tomo, I thought without further ado, we, I think we've got you on just about for the whole show, if yeah. you weren't aware. So I thought we better celebrate in style. Now, I've got a bottle of bubbly. I mean, French, of course. So what I'm going to do, Christoph and you can just keep chatting. I'll get the cork off this thing. Okay. I'm going to pour you a glass. I've worked right. out a way to get you a glass, okay? So just sit tight with, for a second. Without the bottle. Uh, yeah, yeah, the bottle, yeah, yeah, the yeah, through COVID restrictions, everything. <laughs> so I'll get to work on this just for a minute. won't take me long. Right. Yeah. Okay. So you, you mentioned 25, uh, but also SBS is signing on for another 10 years from now. So that, was, that is also massively significant, I guess, for you as well. Christoph, there's no other network that I know of that has a relationship with a sporting organisation um, with a, a contract that runs for 10 years. I mean, you think about it, the AFL, the cricket, the NRL, French football. How long is the contract with the uh, the French broadcaster over there? I'm not too sure. But the English yeah. Premier League, normally the, normally the deals last for about three to five years. A 10-year deal is unique and it's quite extraordinary. And it also illustrates the fact that we have got a wonderful relationship with the ASO, the race organisers. They trust SBS. They know that we will, we're the only network in Australia that will give their event the TLC, give the event the passion, the love that we have over the last 30 years. I mean, if this uh, event called the Tour de France was shown on a commercial network, it would be buried. You wouldn't see the start until midnight. Yeah. You'd probably see the last 50 kilometres. Good night. See you later. Uh, Pogacar won the race, uh, whoever he is, you know. But we, <laughs> give it, we give it the love and affection that it deserves. It's the biggest annual sporting event in the world. Yeah, you're absolutely. absolutely right. Now, on that note, Tomo, I'm going to just walk over to the camera and pass this glass through to you. Right. It's some of French's finest. So we're doing everything with special effects here. Are we ready? Okay, yeah, thanks. Uh, yeah, I've got it, Megan. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so let's all have a cheer. Let's all have a cheer to this 2020 Cheers. Tour de France. We got Cheers, to... Tomo. Cheers. Cheers. Let's have a little. All the best. Congratulations to everybody involved. And also a massive thank you to... Uh, to everyone that has been watching this uh, this um, this podcast over the over the last three weeks, but you know what, guys, we have cycling to talk about. We do, we and, do. And we mentioned that uh, we have seen something extraordinary yesterday at Title League. Pog stuns Rog. This is exactly what we saw yesterday. He stunned Rog, and even though we know he's a superstar, he stunned all of us. Yeah, because he didn't just win; he blasted his way to victory in the stage. Blasted his way into the yellow jersey. We thought it would be tight, didn't we, Tomo? We yeah. thought, if anything, okay, Pogacar might win the stage, might get close to the yellow, or might even take the yellow, maybe by 10 seconds at the best. But he's done it by 59 seconds. It's Did that, did that surprise you in all your 25 years? Maka, that surprised me. And uh, also uh, the fact that Richie clawed his way back onto the podium, not back, but he clawed his way onto the podium, Look, last night's stage, in all the 30 years that we've been covering the tour on SBS, I consider last night's stage as the most dramatic in terms of theatre. It was great theatre. It was real television. I mean, some people might argue that Cadell's victory in 2011 super, still supersedes what happened last night. Um, no, I think in terms of significance for Australians and Australian sport and Australia as a country... Cadell's victory was surely more significant. But in terms of theatre, what we saw last night, I think, is comparable to 1989, 
when uh, Greg yeah. LeMond and Laurent Fignon were separated by, by just eight seconds. No, he didn't want you to bring it up. I, I, I thought oh, I sent you the memo. Don't bring it up. No, actually, I can, can we bury oh. that now? I think now, I think can we can we now bury '89 and say this is the greatest. No, we never greatest will. I go with yeah. that. I'm with you though, Tomo. You, you hit it on the head. It's the theatre. Last mm. night, we talk about reality TV. There isn't any. Well, guess what? There is. And it's called the Tour de France. And last night we saw it at its best. Absolutely. Yeah, Let's cool. listen to a Tadej Pogacar straight after the win. He can hardly believe it. I don't know. I just, uh, I think I'm dreaming. That's all. Uh, I really don't know what to say. Uh, yeah, unbelievable. Hey, yeah, it's not a dream. You've won it. Yeah, that's. Uh, I don't know uh, what to say. Um, I don't know when uh, I will get this, but uh, I'm really, really proud on the team. They, they did such a big effort, and uh, the way to to get the yellow jersey on the final day uh, that was uh, just a dream. We were dreaming that from the start, and uh, yeah, we uh, we achieved that, and uh, it's just. Uh, Amazing. But today it was you. You were on the bike and you were amazing. Did you have the time gaps? Could you believe it? No, it was not just me. Uh, it was all the team because uh, we did the recon. We, I knew every corner. I knew every pothole on the road. I knew, I knew where to accelerate because it was uh, the road uh, that you need to know. And uh, that's congrats to all, all, all my team, especially to my sport directors and Masur mechanics. And teammates, yeah, today I just uh, pushed final in, in the end and uh, yeah, I made it. You had a you had 57 seconds of a deficit on, on Primoz. Could you believe that you, you could clearly believe that you could beat him, no? No, I, uh, I was listening to my radio just on the flat part, but then on the climb, I didn't hear any from the radio because the... the the fans were too loud, so I didn't hear anything, and you know, no time gaps, nothing. I just went deep. Uh, I knew, I knew the climb very well, so I just went full gas from the bottom to the top. This is a childhood dream. Yeah, this uh, actually my dream was just to be on the Tour de France, and now the dream is. Uh, yeah, I'm here, and I just uh, won uh, only one tomorrow, the last stage, and this is. Just, Unbelievable. This is unbelievable. My job, as I said before, is to chop through those interviews to make them, you know, more digestible. But this, I just couldn't stop it. It's such a great interview. Yeah. 21 years old. He's 22 tomorrow. He just realized he's won the Tour de France, biggest race in the world. He's, and Tomo, he is, the race started in 1903. In 1904, so the second ever Tour de France, a man by the name of Henri Henri Cornet, I'm losing my words here. Henri Cornet was 19 years of age, almost 20. He is the youngest ever. Tadej Pogacar becomes the second youngest ever winner. This is it's this not, is off the charts. Maka, he was asked the question, is this your childhood dream? He's still a child. I mean, he's still yeah. carrying puppy <laughs> fat, if you ask me. Look at his face. Yeah. He's just a kid. How can a kid do what... He has done over three weeks, three and a half thousand kilometers. It's incomprehensible. And I just saw a message come up on the feed there. And 
uh, Pogacar will probably, well, is more than likely, I should say, going to rule the tour for the next 10 years. Well, yeah, it's funny, you know, it's you, you could be right. And but then there's a side, of, and I thought about this last night, actually, and I thought there will be all this talk about that. How many can he win? And I thought, let's just celebrate yeah. this one. Because look at Bernal. We thought Bernal as well. True. There's It'll no guarantee now for Bernal, is there? I know, but imagine imagine the years we had ahead of us, okay? Oh, There's wow. Pogacar, Bernal, Van Aert, Evenepoel eventually, Van Der Poel. Yeah. You know, look at this. this we're talking a full generation, which is stacked up with, with success. Hershey, are, are Hershey. you ready for 25 more, Tomo? <laughs> <laughs> well, it should see me out, shouldn't it, Maka? <laughs> I'll be 100. I think so. I think I'm, I'm up. I'm, I'm happy with the current proceedings. I'll be your sidekick. It's all good. Yeah, 25. And I'm Jeez. younger than you by just a little bit. So, <laughs> so that's looks like it's running on. It's running on. But it's it is it is. What well, you know? What else I love about that? Just that interview. And I know it's really small things. And you, you analyze every word they say. But he's so young. He's so innocent yeah. and he mm. speaks with innocence. He's not speaking with suddenly, look at me, I'm the winner. He's just like, it was actually my childhood dream to ride the race and now I've won it. I can't yeah. believe it. There's a good question here, which I want to, to chat about it. But do you think that Aru dropping out of the race so early, letting Pogacar be the sole leader of that team, actually helped him win? 100%. 100%. Question from Lou. Yeah, I think so. What do you think, Tomo? I'm not so sure. Look, Aria Aru has enjoyed a lot of Grand Tour success, and I don't think he wanted to play uh, second fiddle to a 21-year-old. He probably considered Pogacar a bit of an upstart. What's he doing here? Why is he the team leader? This is his first Grand Tour. I've got history behind me, and I've won a, a couple of Grand Tours. Mm. I'm, I'm out of here. Yeah. yeah. No, but, but I think psychologically and and sort of for the for the team unity. It was good yeah. that Aru went home in the end because, yes, you can argue, okay, well, we don't have to argue now because we know we can yeah. know that Pogacar didn't need that super no. strong team in the mountains. And incidentally, I've never, ever agreed with the fact that a team leader necessarily needs strong climbers or, you know, a team of climbers. Cadell won it without a team of strong climbers. All you've got to be able to do is have a team to protect you and support you throughout the three-week journey. And when you hit the, when the slope goes up, there is no hiding. You are either good enough to go with the leaders or you're not, full yeah, stop. Okay. Pogacar can, I just say, can I just say, Pogacar won it without uh, a team around him. Roglic, without wanting to sound uh, derogatory, but he lost it with yeah. a team of superstars around him. Yeah, that's yeah, true. You're spot on, Tomo. Talking about the team, uh, I wanted to bring this footage of inside the UAE car yesterday while going up that climb. And it's, I mean, goosebumps. Yeah, goosebumps yeah. Goosebumps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's have a look. Okay, really good, Tony. 600 meters to the bike change. Get, get, get out of the way! This is for the Tour de France, yellow jersey, yellow jersey, polka dot jersey, white jersey, come on mate, it's all for you. Best time, best time. Yeah! 
I mean, how fantastic is this footage? Honestly. Oh, I almost want to cry. Yeah. Tom, I want to cry because I'm so happy for Alan Piper. I mean, he mm. has been such a trooper over the years. Yeah. And to see Alan Piper, for those of you who don't know, Alan Piper was in the team car. He's an Australian. He's a former pro. He is one of the pioneers of this great sport for Australia. And there he is celebrating the winner as the lead sports director in the car. That was just brilliant, wasn't it? Mac, Mac Christoph, uh, I remember Alan Piper uh, appearing in our first Tour de France coverage uh, when we used to host uh, daily highlights uh, packages in 1991. He was there in the first year and uh, uh, he was there as a super domestique. Uh, in 92, he retired. There were a few tears. In 1993, he returned to Australia and was part of uh, part of it. He was an expert commentator. Yeah, it, just talking about Piper, you're, yeah. you're absolutely spot on. And just a couple of other things there. Mark Sargent, who the director of sport if and, and manager, I think, of Lotto Sudel. Remember, Alan Piper started his directing career yeah. a lot, a long way after yeah. finishing pro. He sort of disappeared from the sport. Mark Sargent gave him an opportunity. Mark Sargent, overnight on social media, said, Big congrats, Alan Piper. And Alan Piper replied, this is the class of both these guys. Thank you, Mark, for believing in me. He got a shot with Mark Sargent, and look at that. Now he's the winning sports director of the Tour de France. This is – yeah, it's it's really beautiful, actually. Absolutely. Uh, believe it or not, but there was another race in it, and then we are very involved with it. <laughs> <laughs> Richie Porte creates history. Uh, I mean, Tomo, you've been here for many tours, like we said, 25. You saw Cadell on the podium. You saw Cadell on the top step of that podium. How significant is this in the history of the sport to have Richie Porte joining Cadell on the podium? It's fantastic. Uh, I had never thought I would ever see an Australian win the Tour de France. I never thought I would see uh, Richie Porte climb onto the podium, and we're going to do that in about 12 hours' time. He deserves it. He has battled hard. He's had injuries, illnesses, uh, crashes, and uh, look, he'll walk away with something. And I said at the start of the Tour de France this year, Richie, despite his efforts, despite uh, his doggedness, he's never enjoyed any success at the Tour. And I'm talking about uh, stage wins or leaders' jerseys. He's only worn the leader jersey once in a Grand Tour, and that was at the Giro when he made his debut way back in 2010. I am so happy for him. Um, you know, he walks down the streets uh, of Launceston and uh, he's no superstar. They don't carry him on, on their shoulders. He's just one of the lads in that uh, Tasmanian city. And uh, I couldn't be happier for a fellow that's uh, um, offered his services to us in terms of interviews. And, and, and like he has said many times, he first watched the Tour de France in the early 90s as a kid and was inspired by the likes of Robbie, Stewie, Brad McGee, Cadell Evans and so on. So... It's very significant. Two Australians now have, will have will climb onto the podium in the history of the tour, and uh, fingers crossed, many more to come. Absolutely. Let's listen to uh, Richie Pot straight after the finish. In the lockdown, I didn't think this race was going to happen, and then me being me, the timing to miss the birth of my second child. Uh, you know, I, my wife said to me, "Come to the race and, and do your best." And if she sees me at the back of the peloton, being you know sulking, she'll be upset with me so to come here be third um you know it's a, a massive sacrifice maybe the biggest one to miss the the birth of a child but 
this is sweet, you know, this is a photo I'll have on the wall uh, when I retire here on, on, the, on the podium in the tour and I'm just over the moon, you know, it, it feels like a, a victory to me to be third. Look, it's be been so many years of, you know, disappointments, crashes and, and whatever, dramas, but, you know, we had our dramas here, um, we had the, in Leon there with Kenny's bike and then the other day with the puncher. So to, you know, come away at the podium, the, the team's been fantastic, you know. It's no secret that I'll be leaving Trek Segafredo, but the way they've gotten around me this year um, and supported me, you know, you had the, the world champion as my bodyguard and, and all the boys have, have played their part. So, yeah, it's just, just incredible. And just a word on Pogacar, um, well, taking Roglic to the cleaners, really. Did you see that coming? No, not at all, and I mean... Those are two, you know, great guys, and I mean, Pogacar's a, a huge champion. I think, you know, it's going to be interesting with Bernal next year. They're the future of the sport, you know, they, they really are. So I think it's going to be a, a fantastic uh, tussle next year. And, you know, I think Roglic deserved to win the tour, but Pogacar, the, the ride he did today is absolutely incredible. One word, raw. Raw for Richie, you know, that was, the, that was the hashtag. One for the pool room for him. Definitely yep. that picture is one for the pool room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know what else I love about it, Tomo? We, we think back to that stage seven crosswinds. He lost one minute and yeah. 20 seconds. And mm. then he, he, had, he almost had a couple of other mishaps. The double puncher, I think a few days later, he had the, the gravel flat on the second of the Alpine stages. He got back on all of those. But the one minute, 20 seconds that he lost, it doesn't matter because it still would not have pushed him into second place overall. So there's no second yeah. guessing. He's finishing third, and that's where he would have finished without that. So, And the other side of it is Tadej Pogacar was with Richie on that day. Yeah. So Pogacar has also proven the gravel time, uh, the, the, the crosswind time that he lost, no problems. I'll make that up, and he did. But remember Richie said on this interview after, like he said, it's not the end of the world. Yeah, that was his word. 120, not the end of the world. He just put that right. And we're all jumping up and down. Yeah. It's like, okay, it's not the end of the world, but oh, mate, we're not too happy. Still a bit tight, you know. Yeah. Uh, just to finish on, on this and then uh, we'll move on, on to Caleb. Uh, Kat, our lovely uh, producer in, in chief, uh, said UAE took the yellow on day one. Then now I've got the yellow uh, up to Paris. And then Christophe is probably going to do a job, you know down to Paris, down the line. UAE has been dominating that tour, whether we like it or not. <laughs> It's just on Alan Piper. Um, um, he, yeah. He's just running connection for a couple of reasons. Pogaccio, obviously, as the team director, but also he did uh, mentor Richie at uh, BMC just a couple of years ago, and Richie will be on the podium. Alan, I think, uh, deserves this victory just as much as Pogaccio and deserves third place as well, just as much as Richie Port, I believe. Yeah, you're spot on, and it's just proof in the pudding, isn't it, that yeah. – Alan Piper's left, left his sort of thumbprint on a number of teams and a number of riders. And, yeah, the, the riders that have worked under him, of you know, they've all spoken really highly of him and his sort of meticulous way of he goes about things. So yeah. uh, that's great. Absolutely. Uh, so you've noticed uh, today, Tomo, I'm 100% Australian. I'm not just 100% French. <laughs> I'm a bit prouder to be Australian today because we also have Caleb Ewan, which is a good story of, uh, of this Tour de France. He's definitely eyeing... Paris. Mm. Um, let's have a listen to Caleb Ewan after the, the time trial and then we'll debate on, on his performance. It was really, really hard. Uh, 
Yeah, I knew I had to. Well, I'm really bad at time trials, and uh, obviously I don't want to get time cut the day before Paris. So I had to go full, and uh, yeah, hopefully I make time cut now. The last time here is like, super steep, so uh, I think it was better to go with uh, a lighter bike and just a, yeah, a normal climbing bike than a time trial bike. I don't do so much training on the time trial bike, so it's not very comfortable for me. So yeah, I think it was a good choice for me. There you go, uh, Tomo. Caleb is just a star, and it's only the beginning of what we can expect from him. Christoph, I was always confident, despite the fact that there were only two Australians starting the Tour de France, which was a very low number. I was always confident that Caleb and Richie would uh, would uh, make headlines. Caleb will walk away with two, at least, possibly three, and that'll lift his total if he wins tonight to six uh, in two years. And Richie, as we know, will be on the podium. So. It doesn't matter how many riders from Australia start the Tour de France. We punch above for a country that's so far away. Um, and I'm, I'm so happy for, for, for the pair of them. And uh, Caleb, I think, has got a big future. It took Robbie McEwen three years, three solid years before he won his first stage of the Tour. And that was at the end of 1999. Caleb, he's going to be around a long, long time. He's, what is he, 25, 26? So he may supersede, he may pass Robbie's record of 12. Let's not look too far into it. But, Robbie, let me tell you, Maka, you know him better than most. He is shaking in his boots already. <laughs> he is. We, we, were giving, we were poking him a little bit last yeah. year, weren't we, Robbie? <laughs> when Caleb won his third, we said, are you getting a bit nervous? He's like, oh, you know, I'll be fine. I think he's getting a bit more nervous now. But realistically, tonight we can have Caleb Ewan on the podium as a stage winner. This is what we hope. Mm. And it's totally reasonable to think this because he won that stage last year. So let's not forget that. So we could have Caleb on the podium and then, of course, Richie on the podium. That's massively significant. I had to put an emphasis on it, Christophe, but uh, there are no Frenchmen in the uh, top 10. There is one in the top 20. And I'm t yeah. led to believe that uh, a couple of the French guys are still on the course. At, um, <laughs> <laughs> is that correct? Oh, I'm I'm we can laugh because I'm 100% Australian today. I told you. Yeah, so I'm diverting all those discussions. Oh, he's sledging already. <laughs> Look, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't put him up to this. I, I, in fact, I told him. I said, "No sledging. Come on, be nice. Be nice." Uh, uh, one of the revelation of this tour is this guy. Is your yeah. orange jersey is Hershey. Mark Hershey. Mark Hershey. He's my orange. He had to be. I think he's the orange jersey for the whole tour. Yeah, yeah, and, and the most combative. Third on a stage. Second on a stage. That stage win was brilliant, obviously. Then he was almost staring down the barrel of another one, and it wasn't meant to be. He crashed on the descent. It was an, wasn't a nice finish, him crashing, but Kwiatkowski, of course, and Carapaz crossing the line together on that day, winning. Kwiatkowski was the one who awarded it. But Mark Hershey, Tomo, wow. He's, what, what will he do in the next few years? Is he going to be a classics rider, one-day specialist? Maybe he'll be a GC guy. He could do anything. Uh, he was really one of many of the new wave riders that we saw this year. Don't forget uh, Walt Van Aert. He's got so much potential. For me, he was the highlight rider, along with Hershey as well. Um, there was a couple of others that I just can't think of. Oh, the, the Danish guy that won two stages, uh, Cry Anderson. Oh, sorry, Cry Anderson. Yeah. Um, it just was an exciting, fresh Tour de France for many reasons. And Pogacar's uh, win tonight it just capped it all off. Mm. Absolutely. Let's uh, catch up with uh, Matt Winston. A slight comment because they knew Hershey was good from the beginning. Yeah. It's from the development of Sunweb. And we just want to emphasize that, yes, there's the limelight on the yellow jersey. This is the Pogdium. You know, we call this this Pogdium. You've got Pogacar in pretty much all the jerseys but the green. But behind this, Sunweb's did a 
a great work, but Hershey is not a surprise for Sunweb. Let's have a listen to Winston. For, for us in the team, it's not been a, a super surprise. He's come up through our development team. Um, he was the under-23 world champion when he was part of our development team. And, and he's just carried on that natural progression that I guess we would expect from such a young talent. And we're, we're obviously really, really happy with where he's at and, and what he's doing. Um, but he, he's a revelation to the cycling world. But we always kind of believed in him and we knew that was bubbling for the last couple of years. Seriously, they knew Sunweb is very interesting as a, as, a, as a team because they've got so much potential in the years to come. And they, they don't have the budget, do they, Tomo, of no. you know, the, the bigger, more fancy teams but they, and, and not a team of superstars. On the start line, we're all jumping up and down that they didn't select Michael Matthews. Well, you know, I must say I'll eat my words because they obviously made the right call with their team selection. So three stage wins, that's pretty good. They can see talent, uh, and uh, I won't say they risk uh, on, on the talent that they purchase, but they develop the youngsters, don't they? And they believe in them. Michael Matthews was a, a product of that uh, philosophy as well. Full marks to them. They're not a team of superstars, but they're a superstar team as a combination. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, believe it or not, uh, we are, you know, super pleased uh, about this uh, this win. You're right. There's no French uh, riders on the top ten. I think that's been quite a while. Still, Alaphilippe didn't. Right, it's a surprise. Alaphilippe. Tomo said, "Is that a surprise?" Yes, it's a surprise. It's actually a surprise yeah. for Alaphilippe and for Pino and. Uh, yeah, that's my two major surprises. I'm, I'm disappointed for Pino, yeah. big time. And and it's, it's off the back of last year, Tomo. I really thought he was going to be – well, he was the only one that I thought that would challenge Bernal. And then this year he's come back. He looked good, but he, that crash obviously hampered him. Guillaume Martin, he still rode a great race. Yep. But, uh, but Ala, and the other thing with Alaphilippe, based off last year, we expected the same. He still won a stage and he still wore the yellow jersey. And he said it actually, I didn't believe him, but I said it at the beginning that he was not targeting this. He's targeting the World Championship and he's targeting, he's targeting yeah. Flanders. He I said this at the beginning. Either. This is where his target, targets are. You don't believe him? I don't believe it. Um, I think uh, success at the Tour de France is much more important for a Frenchman, particularly of Julien Alaphilippe's ilk, than uh, to win the World Championships, which is a one-day event. It's a lottery. There are no guarantees. The Tour de France, can correct me if I'm wrong, Christophe, is the race for Alaphilippe. Now, I totally agree. This is why I'm disappointed mm. uh, with the performance because a, a top 10 or a top 5 would have been expected from him, really. If, well, if he wins the Worlds in a week's time, we and forget. by the way, it is right here on the SBS <laughs> network, but if he does win the Worlds in we, a week's we time, forget this consolation. Chat. We forget yeah, this we'll delete this. We'll delete the <laughs> tapes delete. if he wins. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about the Giro Rosa. Uh, because Giro Rosa is the other massive race that has been on SBS. There's a lot more to come on the Giro Rosa over the next few years, I hope, on, on SBS. Uh, but this year, we've seen a, a fantastic race. Oh, we've, we've seen a great race. Some disappointments from an Australian perspective, yeah. obviously, with Annemiek van Vleuten, the Dutch lady, superstar, riding for the Australian outfit. And, of course, our very own Amanda Spratt. They crashed out when they were in a fantastic position with Annemiek in the lead. So then it changed hands. I think Newadoma took the lead for a day. Anna Vanderbregen, though, on the final stage yep. overnight, she has come out on top and she's actually won. It's her third Giro Rosa victory. Yep. Let's have a look at the, the finish of the stage nine and the finish of the Giro Rosa yesterday. Looks like Neve Fisher-Black is the one to open it up. Evita Music onto the back wheel of the New Zealander. Katia Ragusa 
on the wheel of the French rider. Beneath Fisher Black, 200 metres to go. Somebody is going to have a memorable victory on the final stage of the Giro Rosa. Neve Fisher Black, New Zealand national champion, riding for a keep car. They've had a wonderful Giro. Are oh, they going to seal it off with a victory? Evita Muzik is coming round. She's looking for a first pro victory, and she's going to do it. Evita Muzik wins stage nine. In the final few kilometres, there goes Cecily Othrop Ludwig. Longo Borghini alive to the danger. She's hooked onto the wheel. Two seconds is what's needed, but Elisa Longo Borghini is not giving Othrop Ludwig a centimetre's worth of tarmac. Great riding from Longo Borghini, and is that the final throwdown from Othrop Ludwig? Anna van der Bregen not taking any chances. Does the FDJU rider have anything left to give? She is leaving it all out there, but I think that might be it for Cecily Othrub Ludwig. Great riding from Longo Borghini, and she may have seen off the best that the Danish rider has to offer. Elisa Longo Borghini. There goes Othrub Ludwig again, but Longo Borghini alive to the danger. She will finish on the podium, but Anna van der Bregen has won her third Giro Rosa. Is there anything the Dutch can't win? Yeah, they're pretty good. And yeah. just to explain that, that there was a, actually a big breakaway yeah. that won the stage. So it was Evita Muzik, the French woman from FDJ, where uh, we've got a couple of Australians on. And then you saw that battle. Um, really, van der Bregen, all she had to do was follow the top two with her, and she did that comfortably. But what a tough race, tough tour, and... Again, great to actually have some coverage. Um, yeah, absolutely. And, and I guess for you as well, Tomo, cycling has changed so much. And then it's great that SBS, and thanks to actually Ken Sheep as well, uh, the big, big boss of, uh, of sport at SBS, is watching uh, this program as well. Uh, I just want to thank him as well because they are, SBS is investing a lot in women's cycling. Well, you know, in the 30 years, it doesn't matter who the MD was and all of uh, the predecessors before uh, James Taylor, who is the managing director, uh, the bosses have believed in the product. It's taken 30 years to get to where we are today, but advertisers and sponsors are always clamour over each other to be a part of the Tour de France pie um, in terms of advertising on SBS. And look, you know, the breakthrough, it was a breakthrough year, I believe, this year. Sure, we weren't over there, but I think the quality of the production um, increased as a result of us building the studio from the ground up this year. I thought it added so much. Our coverage, what it didn't add, Maka, it was being over there and, and uh, relaying and translating what the tour is all about in terms of energy, colour, noise, and, uh, of course, the stories behind the race. And uh, you brought us that over the years. But what I'm really proud of this year as well is to listen to females, women, talk about a men's race um, like Bridie O'Donnell and Rochelle Gilmore that is really breakthrough material. Bridie's um, done a wonderful job. So articulate, so intelligent, and she gets the point across. And uh, uh, that is something that the uh, commercial networks could possibly look at as well for their sporting events. But uh, I'm very proud of the way this event is, is just increasing in, in, in prestige and, and, and production. And uh, as you can hear, I'm, I'm very passionate about what we've done over the last 25 for me and 30 years for the network.
Absolutely. I, yeah. I think you're a bit like me. If you cut your veins, there's a, a bit of SBS dripping in the blood as well. Yeah. Yeah. Look, that, look, <laughs> I love, I love all this washy talk, gentlemen. I agree with all of it. But Tomo, I, I'm presuming because we've had such a bumper year, next year we've got the chopper, correct? We'll be, we'll be choppering <laughs> from finish line to hotel. Is it happening Mate, or not? Hey, listen, you, have, you obviously haven't seen the SBS budgets. Uh, there's no chopper. There's no car spot for me in the car park, let alone a chopper. You're talking it up. You talk. You can't do that. You, you talk it up. I'm thinking. Okay, the helipad is being built. Okay, finally, finally. No. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Stage twenty-one because there's still a bit more cycling happening yep. tonight. Uh, we are heading to Paris. Uh, we know that uh, the final part of the stage, and there's always the procession where the riders are, you know, mm, sipping a champagne. bit of champagne. Yep. I mean, genuine question to you, the uh, the former rider. Um, what is the buffer? for a team not to attack another one. If it was 20 seconds, if it was 10 seconds, would that be game on? Yeah, I would think so. I would have thought if, if, if as we said earlier, if Pogacar only went into today's stage with 10 or 20 seconds, it would have been game on. And they would have said, Jumbo Visma would have said to them, I think, they would have said, it's game on, there's no champagne. Yeah, We're not, we're not doing champagne or you're not doing champagne, we're racing you from the gun. But 59 seconds, it's the that, they won't fight okay. it. They won't fight okay. it. Christoph, I, asked, I asked Mark Renshaw that same question, 10 seconds, and he said, no, it uh, should never be a race, even if it's 10 seconds. That being the case, I wonder if uh, the ASO will think about having a, an individual time trial on the Champs-Élysées on the final stage, just like they did in 1989 when Greg LeMond beat Laurent Fignon. <laughs> I am waving my hand here because I actually have a direct line to Christian Prudhomme. I had that chat with him and it's never going to happen again. Never happened. He, he said did. it's never going to happen again. One, because I mentioned it. But, <laughs> but no, secondly, it's because it's actually not nice. It's not beautiful to end the Tour de France with an empty Champs-Élysées and one rider in it. It's absolutely not festive. It's absolutely not what the Tour de France is Fair all enough. about. It Ever, ever happen again. Jokes aside, and jokes aside, they got away with it with that Lamont yeah, Fignon yeah. because it was so tight, the battle. But you're right. If there was a one minute 30 advantage and you finish with an individual time trial, it'd be boring, Yeah, I think. <laughs> but I disagree with Mark Renshaw's comments about, like, if it's 10 seconds, just to go back a, a moment, when Lance Armstrong didn't win the tour, yeah. <laughs> but one of those ones that he didn't win. <laughs> and he and Jan Ulrich were going into the final day, Tomo, you'd remember this, and they were separated by about 50 seconds. And Stuart O'Grady was sprinting Zabel for the green points jersey yes. as well. 2001. So at, the intermediate sprint, at the intermediate sprint, Lance and Ulrich sprinted for it. And they were yes. separated at that point by 50 seconds. And that was the so, day when uh, Stewie lost the green jersey. He wore green from memory on the final day. Correct me if I'm wrong, Macca. Is, or was right. it the customer day? I think well, it was it was very close. He he, yeah. he did wear the green up until right near the end for yeah. several days, and yeah, he was denied that opportunity. Eric Zabel picked up the green jersey in Paris. Um, yeah, I got I really don't know how to answer that one, but um, it's always been exciting, hasn't it? Yeah. But what are we about to see tonight? We're about to see a procession and a celebration of the youth winning at the Tour de France. We will. We will. We'll see that. We will see the procession. We'll enjoy it. We'll love it. And then and then we will see a battle royale between the sprinters, I think, Tomo. Yeah, and we'll join them in a little bit of uh, bubbly, shall we? we well, yeah. I've already, I've, my glass is already empty. I'm looking for a second. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me, Macca. Well, you know, we, we get excited. We can't be on the shops. We've got to be able to celebrate a little bit. 
before we go, I like two comments I want to say. Uh, the owner of Jumbo, the supermarket, uh, so it's a supermarket in Netherlands. The owner of Jumbo is actually in France racing the 24 hours Le Mans. So he he's wa- racing it. He's actually racing he's it as we speak in the car. Uh, and he was planning to, after the race, use the chopper and be on the Champs-Élysées to celebrate the team. I don't think he's going to cancel the chopper. He's, yeah, he's so canceled the chopper. Wishing all the best, but I don't think we'll see him on the Champs Elysees. Not this year. Maybe in the future, though. I yeah, think absolutely. in the future. Yep. And then last comment I want to do is a big shout out to my best mate, Johan van Antwerpen. You see him on screen now. It's the guy with the beard. And I, I just want to put him in and say a big shout out because he's actually been sending me lots of photos and, and stuff from the Planche de Belfi. And this is what I love about Europe. They were playing tennis. Two days before the Plonge de Belfi, they just went, that's going to be an amazing... In the Netherlands. In the Netherlands, yeah. in The Hague. And they went, that's going to be an amazing stage. Stuff it, let's go. Yep. And they took into the car. 10-hour drive? Yeah, about eight, that. Was, yeah. And then they went, and then they were on the slide. So this is what Europe is all about. Yeah, like, you got to love it, don't you? you got to love it. <laughs> and passion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. It's absolutely brilliant. But, he, I mean, you've got about five best mates. We've yeah. had this discussion before. <laughs> <laughs> You're other four best mates. They're not going to be happy with this, you realise. He's really pretty loose with this best mate thing, I'm saying. <laughs> Maka and Christophe, and just uh, don't forget, the next Tour de France is just nine months away. So it's going to come oh. around very, very quickly. Pogacar will be 22 and uh, three quarters, still young enough uh, to uh, to continue his reign. Um, yeah, look, I'm just looking forward to the next one, which is uh, so so close. I was going to say something else, but I've just lost my train of thought. Okay, it's, I've, it's, I've already it's started brilliant. ironing my shirt. <laughs> I've started ironing my shirts already, Tom. I just send yours down. I'll get those pressed as well. <laughs> We're good to go, I think. Yeah. Thank you, Tom. Remember, I can't just say the Swift podcast has been exceptional. I've been tuning in uh, every now and again, and uh, Swift, what a what a supporter. Of, of world cycling and SBS and the, the personalities that you rattled off at the beginning of the broadcast, some great names there. So congratulations, Christoph. Congratulations, Maka. You've done a great job and you've entertained us, entertained us when um, most of us are, are sleeping after about 11 or midnight. We can't watch the end of the race, but we can talk about it through the Swift podcast. So well done to you guys. Uh, Thank awesome. You. Thanks, Thank, you, Tomo. Thank you. Thank you for joining us, actually. Uh, and yeah, this is the end of the, the show for today. Before we go, let me remember, remind you that you can uh, download, stream or subscribe to this podcast on our website, sbs.com.au slash cycling central or log a rides with our friends at Zwift. And then before we go completely, I just want to say a big thank you to you, the audience, because your comments have been brilliant. Uh, we've yeah. been trying to go through some of them, but today it's just been crazy. There's been so many comments. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a big shout out to the Couch Peloton absolutely. too. There's two things. The cyclists are nothing without TV and they're nothing without the fans. And we know that the crowds on the side of the roads and you, the crowds so at home. Big, big thank you. Big, big shout, shout out, out to everyone. That's been, thank you very much. And hopefully we'll see you a bit later on in the year uh, for the podcast. And next year, hopefully, yeah. hopefully on the roads of yeah. the Tour de France. Bye for now. Before we go, a quick shout out to Zwift, the fitness app that turns indoor riding into a game. Getting started on Zwift is easy. All you need is a bike, a trainer, and the Zwift app, and you're ready to go. Explore endless roads, race riders from all over the world, and boost your fitness with monthly training plans and structured workouts. Join the world's training playground, where fun is fast. Go to Zwift.com and start your free trial.